You know, the gospel is the most important thing in the world to Jesus. I know what he said to me when he said, I want to teach you how to cast out devils. You know, that's a hard job even for God to undertake to try to get our first Baptist fellow to cast out devils. <laughs> but I remember what he told me when he uh, was riding along in my car one day, going around and checking on things in my hometown, riding in my car, and the Spirit of God fell on me and said to me, I want you to go study the 16th chapter of the book of St. Mark. I didn't even know what was in it. I went and studied the 16th chapter of the book of St. Mark, and I never was so astounded. Glory to God. And uh, I got down, and I found out and over there in about the ninth verse, he cast out devils out of Mary Magdalene. After he came out of the tomb, he appeared to her first. Appeared to Mary Magdalene first. Jesus appeared to a woman first when he came out of the grave. I appeared to her first because she believed him and she trusted him. He sweated and he appeared to the disciples first. Ah, oh, they were sitting over in the house with unbelief and hardness of heart, the Bible says. How could he appear to that bunch? They were sitting over in the house, the Bible says, with hardness of heart and unbelief. As long as you sit in the house and have hardness of heart and unbelief, God's not going to appear to you either. You're going to have to have the gospel. You're going to have to believe. Only believe, Jesus said. Only believe. Only believe. Thank you, Lord. And if he does appear to them, he'll appear to them and rebuke them like he did them. He'll rebuke and resist you. He'll say, you're not believing the gospel right. I know when my daughter left the church and got out in the world and started going to clubs and got on dope and so forth, I remember I prayed for her for two years. And uh, she got worse. The longer I prayed, the worse she got. I remember the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me in Texas. And the Lord said, You're not believing right for your daughter's salvation. He said, You're wondering when I'm going to do it. He said, You're not going to receive it until you get your faith straightened out. My faith straightened out. You've got to be kidding, man. I taught faith. That's like many evangelists comes up to me and says, Brother Norville, I know you teach the Bible, but I'm just an evangelist, and I, I, I'm this and I'm that, you know, and I, I do this for God. And I see people, I see God heal people all the time through my own ministry, and uh, I'm sick myself. Why don't I get healed? Then I have to sit down and talk to them and explain to them why they don't. They're responsible to the gospel themselves. Just because you're an evangelist and you pray for the sick and see Jesus heal people, and he bypasses you, you have to pay the same price everybody else pays. You have to believe the Scripture yourself. And, all, and I know the Lord told me the most important words never came out of his mouth when I went and studied the 16th chapter of the book of St. Mark. You got that there, the 16th chapter of the book of St. Mark? Turn with me to the 15th verse. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Well, the Lord said, these are the greatest words that ever came out of my mouth. Told me that. Said, these are the greatest words that ever came out of my mouth. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. But see, you have to believe those things. That you have to believe them. He confirms the word with signs following. He told me my faith wasn't straightened out good enough to get him to come and visit my daughter. Did you get that? You've been praying for something and you wonder why you hadn't got it yet. Did you get what I said? I said, the Lord told me that my faith wasn't strong enough for him to manifest himself to my daughter. Now, I've been praying for two years. I had all kinds of faith for other people. But the Lord told me, he said, your faith is not strong enough. He said, her faith is too weak. She can't ever come back to me through her own faith. But your faith could get me to manifest myself to her if it wouldn't waver. But you've been wavering, so your faith won't work. So there's two things you're going to have to do, son, to get your daughter back into the family of God. First of all, you're going to have to get your faith straightened out. And the second, you're going to have to get your love straightened out. And he told me, he said, you got mouth trouble. you got mouth trouble where your daughter is concerned. I said, what do you mean by that, Lord? He said, your love is not like it should be towards your daughter. He said, I never turned against you when you were in sin. He said, your daughter comes in at 3 o'clock in the morning from the clubs... And you say, where you been? I didn't raise you like that. And all these things you say to her. No love. He said, your spiritual pride has been hurt. Me going around the country teaching the Bible. Huh, holding youth meetings. Teaching seminars. Teaching at conventions. Sitting over here and the devil say to me, what are you going to get up there for? Your own daughter's not even saved. You can't even win your own daughter. What chance have you got winning somebody else's kids? I said, ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> so I just kept on going. But the Lord told me that my love wasn't right. He said, now when your daughter comes in at 3 o'clock in the morning, whenever she comes in, he says, there's no use, you're already hurt enough. There's no use in you hurting the hurt. It's none of your business where she's been because that'll only hurt you more. He said, I want you to say two things to her. I want you to look at her and I want you to tell her that you love her and I want you to tell her that Jesus loves her. And so I started I started saying that to her. That's easier said than done. Especially when they float in at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, on dope and stuff, you know, don't even want to come to your room or anything like that. Finally, they come to the door, chewing, chewing gum, looking off. Yes, what do you want, Daddy? I said, well, I just want to tell you, Zona, that Jesus loves you, honey, and I love you, darling. And she said, is that all? Can I go now? I want to get up and slap her. But since the Lord had checked me and told me my love was already screwed up, 
I thought I better not screw it up no more. <laughs> I just grit my teeth and say, yeah, that's all, honey. Jesus, <laughs> I love you and Jesus loves you. And they look at you and look off and say, oh, is that all? So I just kept on for about six months. About six months, we started getting to her. She told me one day, she says, Daddy, I know you love me. She says, Daddy, you, you know, you raised me right, Daddy. Don't you know, Daddy, that I've got sense enough to know that all of my friends are phony? I mean, I live in a house with you, Daddy. I know who loves me and who don't love me. I know that you love me. And I know that all of my friends are phony, all of them. I said, and she said, you know, this house is so full of the love of God. She said, I know it has to be God's love. She said, I feel such security. I sit in this living room. I don't even want to leave. I never want to leave. I never want to leave. I never want to leave this living room. I never want to leave. She said, oh, Daddy, I feel so, so secure when I'm with you. Because I know that I know that I know that you love me. And I said, yeah, you're right, honey. I sure do love you, all right. And I said, Jesus loves you, too. She said, I know. Someday I'll come back to him. I said, well, why don't you make it today? I said, the gang's going to be pulling up in a few minutes to pick you, take, pick you up to take you to the club. I said, you don't have to go. I said, don't go, Zona, don't go. I said, honey, what, what would God have to do to bring you back to him? She said, oh, I don't know, Daddy. Knock me down, I guess. I said, well, he's capable of doing that. She left, and I just went to the window like I'd been doing for a long time, telling the devil he couldn't have her. I'd probably go to the picture window, and she'd get in the car, and I'd just back out of the driveway and take off, you know, on a gutted muffler or some goofed up thing on the back of her car. <laughs> they all had about the same thing. I'd stand in the picture window and watch her go out of sight. I'd say, devil, I just want to let you know where I stand. I said, in Jesus' name, I said, devil, you can't have my daughter. I'd scream at him. I'd mean, scream, man. And then I'd start praying in the spirit. And I'd walk back to the floor across the, across the living room praying in the spirit. I never will forget the day it happened. I was walking to and fro like Elisha, like a mad dog across the floor, living room floor, praying and praying, a long seizure of prayer. Pray, make an intercession for her. Five members of her gang had already died. You watch five families take their young person to the funeral home. Watch the ambulance come. Watch five families go to the graveyard. The natural part of it, you get to wonder. Telephone range. Wonder if that's going to be your child. I mean, after you watch five of them bury, it'll make a believer out of you that devil kills young people. 
It'll make a believer out of you that the devil's here for three reasons, to kill, steal, and destroy. But I just told him boldly, I said, devil, you can't have my daughter in Jesus' name. And I was praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And while I was praying, the Lord said, go in her room and pray. So I went in her room and laid my hands on her bed in Jesus' name and prayed. And I said, Satan, take your hand off of my daughter. I give her over to you, Jesus, totally and completely. And I said, God, I don't know how come I prayed like this. I never will forget. I put my hands over on her bed and I said, God, you heard what my daughter said. I said, when she lays in this bed tonight, I ask you to shake her up. I don't care what you do to her. Just shake her up. Shake her foundation. I said, God, shake her up. I was praying, God, shake my daughter up. God, shake my daughter up. When I got through, I walked out of her room, and she floated in about 4 o'clock in the morning, got in that same bed. About 4.30, she woke up. There was a big angel sitting beside of her bed, about as big as two men. He was a big one. sitting there with his legs crossed and his arms crossed like this sitting beside of her bed just looking at her. <laughs> she thought she was dreaming. She rolled over, you know, started looking towards the wall and lay there for two or three minutes, she said. And she says, but I, I'm not dreaming. I'm awake. I'm awake. And she said, I looked back around slow and he was still sitting there. <laughs> And she jumped, you know, and scared her. And she started to holler for me, and she couldn't even scream. She couldn't even scream. I tell you, you know, when you pray, God hears you. God has his way to shake people up. And so he, so he gets up. He saw she was real scared, and she, because she was so scared, she couldn't even scream. And so he gets up. The angel just gets up from off of his feet. And his head was above the door, way above the door. And he just turns like this and just walks out of the room. When he did, he didn't even bend over, and his head went through the wall. And so that scared her again. <laughs> and she's a real nosy type. You, got, you need to know her. She's a real nosy type. You'll get to see her picture before too long. Just in a few days, I'll have a book across the country that's entitled Stand the Gap for Your Children. It's supposed to be out in about a week, and I've got her picture on the front page of the book. And uh, so she, <laughs> she's a real nosy type, and she jumped out of the bed and went over her door and watched the angel go down the hallway. And he was walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden he just turned left like this, and he just walked through the wall, clothes and all. And she went, oh! <laughs> she came to my door. <laughs> came to my door, she was going to try to yell for me, but she couldn't yell. I heard a little squeaky sound outside, and about Woke me up about five o'clock saying, Daddy! Daddy! That's all she could get out. And I went out to her, she was putting every effort she had for it. I went out to her, she was going, Daddy! And she was shaking like this. I, I've never seen a human being that scared. Oh, glory to God. I opened the door and I said, What's wrong with you, honey? She says, Daddy, what's wrong with you, Zona? What's wrong with you? She said, 
my room. Big, 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 big. I said, what? She says, man, man. No, not a man. Big, daddy, big, daddy, daddy, big. You're going to kill me, daddy. You're going to kill me. I said, what, honey? She said, he's in my room, daddy, in my room, big, by my bed, by my bed. He says, big, big, daddy, walk through the wall. <laughs> I said, oh, sure, huh, huh. And I said, I said, let me go show you. So we checked all the doors just for your information, you know, on the inside, and all of them was locked from the inside. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. She locked the door when she came in. I locked the back door before I went to bed. And I said, well, honey, I know what it was. Of course, the Lord witnessed me immediately, just like that. Because I prayed that afternoon, laid my hands on the bed, and I asked God to shake her up. And I knew what it was. I said, Zona, I said, honey, you know what that was sitting beside your bed? And she says, what? I said, it was your angel. She says, my angel? I said, yeah, he goes with you everywhere. She says, don't say that, Daddy. <laughs> He's too big. I said, he goes everywhere watching you. She said, Daddy, don't say that. I said, he is. I said, he goes, he's your angel. Didn't you know you had an angel? She says, no, no. She said, he's too big for me. I said, no, no. He's just right. She needed a big angel. (laughs) She needed one to protect her. (laughs) Needed one to protect her. But I'm telling you now that... I'm sure glad it happened because God scared the devils out of her. She never could get away from that. She fell before God and started screaming out to God and gave her life to Him, and she's been free from clubs ever since. Glory to God. I know 